0: Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah Money can't buy your class
1: I'm Phoebe, this is Gemma, and this is Money Can't Buy a Class, a podcast about the intersection of reality television and critical theory.
2: Critical theory, critical thought, we, uh, we go conceptual, we go granular, <laughs> we go meta, we've talked about space, many, many different topics can be infused into reality television,
1: Basically this podcast is just a ever growing infinite assortment of lenses in which to view reality television at all and it's an excuse for Gemma and I to make public our already weekly hour to 2 hour long conversations about this such 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 an americanized conundrum.
2: Exactly and today we're coming at you Uh, For our dedicated listeners, you might notice that our voices sound so lilting and lovely and perfect for radio. That's because we're coming to you with microphones that we ordered on Amazon.
1: Yeah, we're helping Jeff Bezos fund his second trip into space. I know that that's like such a stupid news item to reference right now, but I just wanted everyone to know that next time Jeff goes into space, he's going to thank us. We're sponsoring
2: yeah. I mean, keep yeah. it relevant. Keep it relevant.
1: <laughs> Gemma and I do have some really exciting news. Oh, yeah.
2: Totally. Duh.
1: Um, yeah. We are going to be part of uh, Brunel University is in uh, in London, England. Uh, They're, I guess, like their second um, conference called Composium. So I guess it's a what's a,
2: it's an academic conference.
1: Well, yeah, but what's the word? Symposium. Oh, my God. It's uh, so it rhymes with symposium. It's Kimposium for Kim Kardashian. Uh, So we're going to be part of an academic conference about the Kardashians. We're going to be presenting on um, kind of like repetition uh, and how it relates to Gilles Deleuze's um, understanding of infinity and ending, and we're also going to be like the the visual aspect is we're going to be talking about the color beige, which, as any dedicated watcher of the Kardashians knows, beige in all of its uh, recapitulations
2: is well like, beige yeah. and all sorts of different. There, are, yes, I've selected some images from like Skims campaigns, um, some pregnant bellies, uh, Chloe's. Balloon archways, um, some mannequins. Yeah. So yeah, we're um, super excited. I just want to. I just. It's pretty major to be part of a uh, academic conference about the Kardashians because people have teased me about it for so long. So fuck the haters. Uh, told you it was a thing that I could do.
1: <laughs> I know. I
2: know. And I always I knew just, it. I always knew it. <laughs>
1: We're all very proud of Gemma. And by we all, I mean me. I'm the most proud of Gemma. Um, fun fact about me and Gemma is that we, uh, we grew up together. Our parents were friends. Uh, our parents met at, at Yale University in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And their dream, their dream for us growing up because we're the same age is that we would be roommates at Yale, but neither of us ended up even applying to Yale because we were like over it. So I think now I it's... would not
2: have gotten in with my SAT scores. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No chance I... <laughs> in hell.
1: <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I think it's better if I don't That's know. That's why I went
2: to a uh, Bard for like alternative learning. Um,
1: musicology.
2: Yeah, I did that for a hot sec. <laughs> Sorry. I've had many interests. Um But consistently, it's consistently reality TV. It's always been there Mm -hmm. the whole time. It's my through line. It's my rock.
1: Yeah. But the other funny thing is they want us to put, because it's like a legit academic conference. And a lot of people who present are like PhDs PhDs in their MAs in their respective fields. Uh, So they're like, put your affiliation. And and I'm just like, uh, Pomona College, Bachelor's of the Arts, but I'm not putting that because I don't. I don't care.
2: Wow, that's I'm putting so that on my establishment. Co- no, I'm
1: putting that on my affiliation. Is that I'm a co-host of the the <laughs> Can't buy You" class and podcast. an esteemed
2: poet <laughs> and an esteemed. Oh yes, that's another announcement. Poet. Um, everybody, go jump onto forevermag.net to find Phoebe's first edition of her monthly column, which will appear monthly um it's called return of the real and this month was really an amazing kind of they're kind of short and a really specific little vision into and this theme was uh, satanism and americanism and it kind of touches on how the theme of the devil and satan not only verbally occurs in these uh franchises often especially the housewives like the housewives literally say devil But there's a real connection to be made between this idea of Americanism, Satanism, and reality TV as a part of the culture. Um, It's really excellent, and I can't wait. Every month I'm going to be holding my breath.
1: Thank you. That's very nice of you.
2: Um, But we'll put all these links in the episode notes, so uh, don't you worry. Um, Good to get the housekeeping out of the way. I want to talk about Bachelorette.
1: all right let's get into let's do it
2: go okay so obviously i really want to talk about hometowns but i just want to touch on the mental all i think um the mental all is a classic staple like the, the bachelor like all reality tv must have this sort of gathering to refresh rehash process together there's you know all reality tv shows have this and these ones have a more you know this kind of more confessional or like what happened behind the scenes and we've talked about this before that we're really interested in this kind of concept of a reunion right like what what are they about or what is their function in the in the show and how does it kind of map onto something larger but for the the shows like the bachelor i always think about this like almost like an admission or like a reveal or like they bring down the fourth wall because like as a viewer watching The Bachelor, you're like, how is it to be on this show? And in the show, they're constantly questioning who's there for the right reasons, et cetera, et cetera. So ostensibly, this would be a way that you can tell who was there and what these people's actual intentions are because you don't really get to know any of them. And there's some some allure about, what's it like to be a contestant and what, what does it feel like? And what's, what are the dynamics? Um, And like, it's like, we need a recap. Like what could have they been saying? Like what really happened? So there's an admission by the show that they're not telling us the full truth. Mm. And we are now expecting to get more of the truth, but obviously it's still part of the show. I just think think that's interesting. I think it, the mental all to me always stands out as a very different sort of episode and really, like, doesn't feel like it really fits with, like, the vibe of the rest of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the reunions or the, I mean, they're called different names for, you know, and there's also, uh, like, even with Atlanta or New York, it was, like, the Watch What Happens Live Housewives reunion in mm-hmm. the first couple of seasons, because they didn't know quite what to call it yet. Um, it's definitely fascinating. Also, because... Um, So in like a reunion, like even the Kardashian reunion hosted by Andy Cohen, it's just like the crew, the and then Andy or the host and then whoever's talking. But like what's interesting about The Bachelor is that there's like a live audience. So it's kind (laughs) of like, which is so random. So it's kind of like a mix of like a housewives reunion and one of those like daytime tv shows it's like you are not the father oh and god. the man is like thank god and the woman's like you owe me so much money bitch i've never yeah. actually seen one of those shows i wasn't allowed to watch television as a child so <laughs> when i was like 10 years old i would am i like i would like sneak the remote and like watch porn on that's the tv because i didn't know what it was that's
2: why phoebe has develop this pathology
1: (laughs) yeah so note to all the parents uh let your just let your children watch television
2: or else they're gonna be reality tv obsessed or else
1: they're gonna end up like me which you don't want (laughs) um
2: yes i i I wrote down a few notes about the live studio audience because yes like the clapping kills me like because you're right that it totally brings it down to this daytime tv trash level like yeah. having people watch is like it's just yeah it's trashy and um I wanted to also note the number of hot girls in cat suits paying homage to Connor B. I was like what did they pay these people to do this? I mean how is there a movement of hot girls who want to date Connor B? I mean So he was kissed. We have to, yes, he was kissed by a a woman in the audience who was clearly a plant. Yeah. Just.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love the live studio audience (laughs) because I think that it's, uh, like I remember last week we were talking about how uh, Ebony Williams, um, she, her, her career has been devoted to being on camera live. But now the shift to reality television, which is not live but supposedly more real, um, you can you can definitely see that like she she's very cognizant of the way that she acts in front of the camera, and it's almost like she's on a news show. And I think that it's a uh, um, it's just fascinating to watch the men in Mental All uh, who have been in the house who like know that they're gonna be watched. You know and know that they're like people filming them but then to like actually have an audience I think that it like it makes them a little bit more like performative in terms of like themselves and I also think that there's like there's not only like a performativity um there's there's also just like this this like socialized um or like this social mentality of needing to like prove yourself and also on top of that there's like Even if they don't put it on national television, you're still being watched. You know, like there's still like a direct audience. So I think that, you know, it's definitely fascinating to go from a supposedly private place to a supposedly public place and see how people change, even if you know that the cameras are that. Do you see? Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I totally do. I think, I think too that the, um, that, yeah, so moving to this public space is like they have the men in The Bachelor have to uphold their character archetypes that mm. they were given. So, and also at the same time, we need to know more about them. We need to like know really who they are, but it still operates from this like very charactery gimmicky standpoint. Like Connor... Connor was just reaffirming who he was in the show and it was so obvious. Like it was just like, oh, that's exactly what should have happened. He should have gotten kissed by like a girl that's way too hot for him from the audience.
1: Yeah. And it's also just like, you know, I think something about The Bachelor is that they're not special really, you know, they're just like attractive, very like, I mean, mostly like just like attractive middle American men. You know what i mean and not even all of them are attractive they're just like on the show for some reason there's no like individualized potential with any of them except to like add like personality types to yeah. this like strange created universe but can i say one more thing though about yeah, the re? because the re it's just it's endlessly fascinating the rehashing the repetition the fact that it's not at the end but it's in the middle I know. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's very Dante. It's very Faust. You know, it's like the first line of uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost goes <clears throat> of man's first disobedience and the fruit of that forbidden tree, whose mortal taste brought death into the world and all our woe, with loss of Eden, till one greater man restore us and regain the blissful seat. Sing, heavenly muse, that on the secret top of or Sinai, distant spire. And then it just like goes on and on and on. I love Paradise Lost. Yeah. It's like, and it's a really long phrase sentence. And something that I love about it is that it starts with a preposition. It starts with of, you know? And that's mm-hmm. like, it's like a fascinating start of the sentence. And it's like grammatically, it's a sentence that's beginning in the middle of something, mm-hmm. you know? It's a story. It's an epic. It's an epic poem, which, which begins in kind of like a self complimenting way you know what I mean like it's I guess you could call it like meta or something because the last part of that uh, sentence goes I thence invoke thy aid to my adventurous song that with no middle flight intends to soar above the annoying mount while it pursues things attempted things unattempted yet in prose or rhyme so it's like this impossible it like starts in this like impossible middle of something having happened mm mm-hmm. I think that's something that's fascinating about the mental all is these men who are being asked to like speak for themselves. It's it's like purgatory, you know, it's like they're in this like purgatory ring of having to like explain and rehash and go through with the judges who are, who's the, yeah. who's the live audience.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and also, and the audience is the one that needs that from them. We need to have them recount like it's very important to the show. Also like thinking about reunions like on like Real Housewives and stuff. Those arguably, those are happening in the middle in a sense because like the show keeps going and mm-hmm. and like, you know, we we are going into every, usually you start a new season with like, oh, last time you saw each other was at the reunion. Like if they're, if somebody has been feuding. <laughs> so like you're remembering that like, oh, right. So they haven't seen each other since the reunion. And then as an audience member, you're kind of like, oh, I'm part of this. I'm part of this relationship because I saw the last time they were together. So yeah. I'm entering this like right and stride, which I think is comforting. I like to think about this idea of like, why do we need a recap? Like why do viewers need an ending? Like it's important that things are like sealed and like, okay, now we can move on.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I like what you're saying that it's like, it's it's for the audience, like it brings the mm-hmm. audience closure, um, or it provides the audience a narrative of closure, because it, you're like, oh, they haven't seen them since the last reunion, I also haven't <laughs> yeah. seen this person <laughs> since the last reunion, you know, so you're like, oh my god, same, uh, so you can like really relate to them, and I guess like, even in the, the men tell all, it's like, even with the the people in the studio dressing up as cats, or kissing Connor, or clapping or booing or doing whatever it's like it's giving some type of like agency to people who like kindle the fire of yeah. bachelor nation by watching so it's like rewarding them for watching in the virtual realm by letting them watch right in totally and,
2: and i i wrote down a question like what does a reunion need to make it like a reunion like what needs to happen and i and i think in this conversation i'm i'm realizing that like Reunions are totally, they totally need the audience. Like that's the whole point of reunions. I, for a long time, didn't watch Real Housewives reunions because I it didn't like gel to me. Like I just wasn't interested. And I think it's because it's a, it's a whole different format um, of the show. Like it's a completely different format. It's addressing a totally different set of questions. It's a completely different context. Even in the Real Housewives, you know, there's like that joke that Andy Cohen is just like reading cards that are like, Beth from Wisconsin wants to know why you were such a bitch. And, and it's like ostensibly, you know, people <laughs> yeah. are like, yeah, that's just Andy Cohen asking those questions. It's acknowledging that I think it's the being watched thing we were talking about. It's it's acknowledging that you've been watched. Like the reality spectacle fully continues yeah. because we're not just happy enough with like watching them yeah. in real life. We need to then know how they thought about it the whole time. And that's even more arguably real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or how it like, it how, ha- how was it for you to watch yourself? I always want like a reunion after the reunion. It's like yeah. the reunion reunion, <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> and I love, I love on the reunions of now, now everyone does it where they have the little corner, the little image in the corner, which is the yeah. person watching the <laughs> rollback i love that i'm obsessed i'm like oh my god because they make insane sometimes they like look so sad and sometimes they're just like on the bachelor i think it's the best because they're not they're not people who are like used to tv or like so they're kind of like and like when connor watches his sad story back he's like crying he's like it's hard to watch and that's hard to watch.
1: emasculating thing ever or for women it's like the most it's just brutal like can you imagine being like broken up with or denied something on 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 national television not just like not even for a specific reason but just like in general because you're literally just like I want to be with you for the rest of my life even if you don't actually want that that's like the vibe when you're on a show and then for someone to like deny you that if you're already, it's like, okay. So then I guess that we can segue because that's kind of what happens in hometowns. Greg is like, I love you.
2: <gasps> that this episode, this episode, I, I haven't seen an episode this good where like, cause I love on The Bachelor when they just lean the fuck in oh and God. it's just two people having a really hard conversation. And the thing about The Bachelor editors, <laughs> they are ruthless and unafraid. It, it lasts for like 40 minutes. I'm like I'm just sitting there watching like there was this one season with Ari who's this like older Swedish prince and like he had this woman and then like he decided to break up with her after he had given her the rose and they did a they did a two-part special about their breakup where they were just in the home with them filming them break up and it was the most heinous disturbed thing I've ever seen watch the whole thing but It was crazy, but I did love that this episode had that element of like, we're just gonna like show them talking. And like, this is just straight up difficult convo.
1: It was just fascinating to watch. Like it as like a formal instance of reality television that showed Mm -hmm. who these people were, you know, like it really really made them emotionally naked. Um, And it was fascinating to see because Kate, you know, we, we'll go through it, but I think that my my thing at the end of it was, like, I totally understood what Greg was saying more than I understood what Katie was saying, because Katie was just kind of, she was being such a girl. She was like, I am here, and I'm going to follow the rules, so I cannot tell you. So, well, yeah, let's go.
2: Here's what happened. Yeah. Here's here's what happened. Okay. So, um, in the Bachelor franchise, there's, like, the last three episodes are, like, mental all hometowns. And then fantasy suites and then the finale. And sometimes they lump parts of that together. So this last episode was quote unquote hometowns, but because of COVID, (laughs) everyone had to make their hometown in the desert of New Mexico, which was, I mean, that's that's one thing we we have talked about in other shows. It's like with COVID and reality TV, there's this constant like obsession with like we could be anywhere, and this like imagined. Mm. Base and like imagined locations like you know, we've talked about that in the Kardashians in one of the instances Chris is looking at the ocean and she's saying in Malibu and she's saying if you squint this could be the French Riviera
1: very childish it's very like not not childish is in like low but childish is in like very like use your imagination like time to yeah. time to go inwards and yeah you're right I didn't even realize that that was like uh, was a theme and it's also in uh, in New York. They're like bring Burning Man to East Hampton. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. all these
2: COVID seasons, or in Beverly Hills, they're having a Parisian lunch.
1: Oh my God, yeah, and everyone wears like nineteen forties ridiculous outfits, clothes. and Kathy Hilton's like, I don't know what you guys are wearing, but like, ah, this is what I
2: wear when I go to Paris. She's got her classic long button-down shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. So in this in this episode, each the three men had to bring their hometown, you know, to New Mexico. I think Blake had the easiest job because his was being at a bar in Canada. So that's easy. Um, just like drinking whiskey. Um, maple sure. syrup. We can do that anywhere. Maple syrup whiskey. You put a little whiskey in there. It's good.
1: Oh, that's what they were drinking. Oh, yeah. I thought they were just yeah. taking shots of maple syrup. No, I I hope not. (laughs) That's what it looks like to me, but I don't. Anyway,
2: have you ever? Well, because I grew up in the country. I've had like before it's before it's totally melted down syrup. It's delicious. And if you dip pickles in it, it's amazing. No,
1: I grew up in a city. So I I had I've had samples at farmers markets of really. I grew
2: up in the woods. So, yeah, not not to brag, but I've uh, I've eaten
1: from the tree from the tree syrup did you put your mouth on the hole
2: no it has to go through a purifying process but anyway um and then justin was supposed to be in baltimore that was the hardest to imagine and then greg was new jersey um he was like at like atlantic city he's like the boardwalk (laughs) and i'm like this is not the boardwalk bro and then and then they ate like disgusting pork sandwiches that looked like they were prepared by the hotel chef it's a poor attempt at bringing hometowns um but we got to meet the families and i loved blake's mom Blake
1: has a great mom she was wearing like leather pants and like her hair was oh my god fantastic. great face great face she's i like was would... such
2: a f- fun I face i know
1: is like a she's not jewish but she could be and that's like the biggest yes. compliment coming from me
2: she's a canadian jewish person <laughs>
1: She is like a Jewish, like a Jewish mother affect. She's very just like, "Hun, we gotta be real with each other. Like, tell me everything. Like, blah blah I blah." Know. But like, also, do you know this person? And
2: it's probably why I wanted to give her a hug. I know my weird obsession with. I don't go- like, really <laughs> want to. I just like. I know
1: you really want to. I just like want to go like discount shopping with her.
2: <laughs> Century Twenty One. Ah, R.I.P. R. R. So sad. Oh, and then Justin's parents were like, We're not coming. Amazing. That killed. That me. was
1: epic. That was so based.
2: <laughs> the mom was clearly on speakerphone, like driving.
1: I know. And he was like, uh mom, this means so much to me. Obviously, like it doesn't. I love the mom. She was just like, uh, you know, well, uh, this seems a little bit rushed and we don't really approve of this and seems kind of ridiculous. So why would why would I come out? Yeah. And I was like, this is so true. Like, I love that you're just over it. Yeah.
2: And then we met Greg's family. Okay, I have a few things to say. My first thing to say is crossover vibes, Real Housewives of New Jersey.
1: I know. Oh my god, I kept <laughs> thinking that the mom with her like, face such left. a Jersey. Oh my. She was god. like, and the black make me look like whatever on New Jersey. Yeah. She was like, give me the give me the housewives of New Jersey look.
2: Basically, it was like a blot. He has like a. Little blonde mom who's like obsessed with him, like Italian family. And I also, this always happens on the bachelor hometowns, which is why if I was a sibling, I would never go on because it's always the sibling who's doesn't even make any sense how much hotter they are than the rest of their siblings. You're like, is this person adopted? And they're the ones that are on TV. And Greg's brothers were just like the most jersey, like the, the gel, the gel in the one brother's hair. Was so stiff. I could. I f- it was. I was. I was like. I was like high oh watching God. it, and I was like, I could. I want to take a screenshot of just the hair gel.
1: My favorite. With the the brother seemed like a really sweet guy, but he had those like New Jersey sure. teeth, where there's like an oh. inch between all of them. Somehow,
2: <laughs> that's what we in the dental industry called Jersey <laughs> <Yeah>. teeth. <laughs> and meanwhile, Greg is like so handsome. I know, and you're like. I always wonder I'm like god you you got to <laughs> wonder what it's like to grow up with a younger brother who's that hot.
1: You know. No Greg is like really I mean Greg is someone oh, who he's who I so would. Sexy. You know that is that's my 100. He's a little bit too muscular to be my type. I like I like them a little yeah. weak.
2: But when he put her when he picked her up and put her against the tennis court fence, I was like
1: <laughs> okay, Greg. That actually I in my life I've dated one sports person and it was it was epic you have
2: to have one you have to everyone should every person should date one sport
1: what person. i didn't realize when i met when i started when i was dating this sports person i didn't realize that like <laughs> we're not
2: calling them athletes we're <laughs> yeah,
1: sports the sports sportsman. i didn't realize that it was a thing that like men could pick women up i didn't realize that that was oh. like a reality that like i could be picked up and like thrown on a bed like i didn't think right. i didn't think that was real well
2: to be fair for you you're also teeny tiny. I, I I have never
1: experienced that reality in my life. I mean, I'm
2: like almost five nine, and I'm like eight. I'm a tall. I'm a tall gal. I'm, I'm not. I'm not super. You know, I'm not little. I'm a little twig. I I was an athlete for yeah, many you years. It's not, it's not super easy to toss me around. But I guess
1: that's funny that it's even funnier that I like I am like very small and in college I was like hundred and fifteen pounds. So it's just funny that like no one could pick me up. Like not one person yeah. physically
2: because you were picking like you were picking like the skinniest of the skinny art. I know boys. I
1: was 115 pounds and everyone I dated was like was like maybe hundred and seven pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's like
2: thank god we are out of that. Pure life. skin
1: and bone. Yeah. So Greg's hot. Greg's really hot. and
2: greg greg so the scene in question that we're we've been talking about that bachelor nation is abuzz with is um so after the hometown after the visit with his family there katie and greg are alone together they're sitting on the couch and greg is telling katie like i like love you like He's like, since my dad, they both have fathers who have died, so they bond over that. And he's like, since my dad has died, I have this hole in my heart and you have filled the hole in my heart. And Katie legit stares back at him and then says, she must have said something else, but then she says, I just love looking at you. And rightfully, Greg is like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, Greg leaves the show. He breaks up with Katie. Good for him. Good for him. Katie is emotionally dead inside. She has no love. She's not in love with anybody. And Greg, but but Greg also is like such a fuckboy type of like. He's like, what? I'm finally in love. Like you're supposed to love me as hard as I just loved you. <laughs> like, and if you and if you don't love him immediately, he's like, fuck this. I'm <laughs> out. I'm out. He's like so afraid of like being rejected. He he flipped
1: out (laughs) I know he has like a full-on panic attack he has a
2: full-on like a Jew
1: he's obviously.
2: no he's freaking out yeah he's freaking out I also loved that he was freaking out the whole episode (laughs) like they get that shot of him being a stalker at the beginning where he's like (laughs) out on his balcony and he sees Blake and Katie kiss and he's like dude I don't know I don't think I can do this and he like looks like he's gonna
1: vomit the whole time. <laughs> that's what he says he's like this makes me so sick and you're like
2: but oh my God. to me the most exciting part about this episode was seeing how much of a fucking shill Katie is for the show yeah the viewers friends we always talk about how the bachelor has this insular system of language just how everyone speaks and Greg starts talking like a real person and Katie just responds in show speak where she's like, you're my number one. And he's like, and he, that's why he has a panic attack. Cause he's like, stop saying that. And it's almost like he has a panic attack. Cause he realizes he's, he's stuck in a simulation. Like it, yeah. that was fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. Or he just realized, I mean, Katie's also, Katie's very flirtatious. And I think that yeah. she she likes being on the show.
2: Yeah, she's loving no, the role. No
1: judgment. Again, no judgment. If I was, I mean, come on, how could I judge anyone um, in this situation? That would be, that's just so not the question. Anyway, but like she likes dating all these guys. She likes the idea of the show. And even her like big tagline is like, I believe in this process, you know? And she keeps yeah. saying that I believe in this process. And I think that it's like, She is someone who's very, she's like very stuck in needing order. You know, she needs order. She needs things to go a certain way. She's a control freak, as we saw earlier Mm -hmm. with the, like, when she told all the guys that they, like, couldn't, like, masturbate. Which is, like, so, it's such a strange thing to, like, ask of someone, you know?
2: That could have been a producer idea, but I do think the fact that they gave her that idea is telling of her personality.
1: Yeah, but it's, I mean, come on, but like everything could be a producer thing or blah, blah, blah. Like it's all edited, but it, you know, but like yeah, she yeah. she's the one and she could have said, no, she's not contractually obligated yes. to agree with everything. Um, yes. But like she she likes controlling these things and she likes controlling the processes. And I think that it's like, we've seen her the whole season be like, oh, to the camera to the audience, be like, I'm falling in love with Greg. I love Greg I'm actually in love with Greg but she didn't say it to him because she has made this rule for herself yeah that she's like the only person I'm gonna say I love you to is the person who I end up with which is like such a strange rule and then she's kind of like asking Greg like and I think that it's like you're right that like he is like oh my god this is fake what the fuck did I just do this is so fake but I think that if you can boil down their conversation, she's like, follow my way of doing things. And he is, he's just refusing. He's like, no, I am not going to be your emotional bitch. You know? And I like, and I respect that. I respect that.
2: I I hugely respect that. I mean, I think we saw like some of like Katie's trauma wounds come out because she like froze up. She couldn't say how she felt. It's funny, it's like kind of, it feels kind of all like referencing itself, but I kind of like this episode because it did break with the show and like Greg was saying real things and they were mad at each other. Like he was really mad. He was really in a fight with her. It's just so much more real than seeing, you know, like Katie's breakup with Andrew S. Where they're like, eh, no, don't go. Like, no, like you get pissed at people when they hurt you. You know, you get mad. You say things you regret. Like you do things you, you know, I think- and I I was like glad that they finally gave us something like that because I don't feel like we've seen that in the Bachelor in like a a while like the past couple seasons haven't really had that.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I've this is the first Bachelor season I've ever seen, but I definitely love that. You're right. I thought that actually beyond even beyond the love stuff because, you yeah, love is a very mysterious thing, but anger <laughs> on the other hand is not very mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really yeah. you know, and I think that Greg was angry and I you know and he was angry I think because he really does have feelings for her I think he like really likes her at the very least he's like effected onto her with his like heart wound he has a feeling you know he has a feeling um yeah and it's just kind of incredible to see and you know and like it was so obvious like I kept being like Katie come on because the only thing she needed to say was Greg listen I love you I love you please stay in love with you please
2: i was listening to bachelor party and like she made this other person made a good point that like even if she wasn't gonna say i love you like she could have said like you also fill a hole in my heart like you are also my missing piece she couldn't say anything like that
1: yeah or she could have just been like or she could have just been like oh my god Thank you, thank you. You are so special to me, and I really want to be heard. Yeah, and I right—that's the thing. And I think that he was going crazy because you can see how he's going crazy because it's like talking to a wall. I mean, you've probably yeah. had those. I mean, I think a lot of people. I mean, boys
2: also fights. need a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the other part. Boys do need a lot. And it's, 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 boys yeah. need. A I feel lot like a lot of men—they don't give a lot, but then when they give, they understand they it so much. <laughs> as like they're like, "You're welcome." And you're like, what? (laughs) If Katie was a man and
2: Greg was a woman, I think that that would have gone really differently.
1: Yeah, I think I get right. I I kept thinking about the strange power dynamic of having a woman date 30 men and how she assumes like a more traditionally like masculine role in being up front and setting the rules and being like sexually fluid or whatever yeah and i i think that you can also see that with like greg who even said like when i was a kid like i was bully like i was really skinny and only recently not recently he's like old but well he's only a couple years older he's 27 really oh god yeah he's. He's Not so old. young. <laughs> He's so well that I guess that makes even more sense. So, so right. It was only like recently, it's like in the past 10 years that he like grew a foot and like had muscles and is attractive. And yeah. I think that it's just like you can see someone like Blake, who's a little bit older and is like obviously always been like a manly man, you know, uh, and who still like has a dad or whatever. I think you can see that it's also like the emotions definitely correlate to like feeling at home in your in your gender you know because blake is like i'm just gonna like forget about it and go exercise yeah
2: no totally i think i think too like something that i noticed with the that totally connects to that is like greg really resents katie and like Mm -hmm. he resents her for being the bachelorette and thinks it's stupid and I think on some level, him leaving was like, I don't want to date or marry somebody who was the bachelorette. Like he just doesn't. Can't. And yeah. And he had a huge problem with her, you know, being with other guys that like clearly really insulted his masculinity. His It really hurt his feelings. It made him really confused, which I would have the same. I would. I would be like the, the jealous person who like burns the house down. Like I could never deal with that. But like I think that um
1: A bachelor first.
2: <laughs> I do think that I I think that throughout the season we've seen him resent her a little bit. Yeah. And we've seen her be really like attracted to that. Like she's been like the most into Greg because he's like giving her the least and he's giving her the hardest time.
1: Yeah. Katie, you know. Katie, Katie, what a no lady Katie. you are! But but also, do you remember the first thing that she said to herself when she saw him get out of the limo? She like looked back and she was like, "Oh my God, he looks exactly like my ex boyfriend." That is when I knew. <laughs> that is when I knew. I was like,
2: "She's gonna try to marry
1: him." You know, I swear <laughs> to God, that's why I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, yeah. like if you see someone who looks exactly like like an ex. Yeah. You, you. And I think that that's another thing with Katie psychologically from her point is she's almost using Greg as a stand in for the unresolved issues with her ex boyfriend who looked exactly like him, you know, but that, it's also sad because that's definitely a fight that couples get into if they love each other, yeah. if they don't love each other, if one more than the other, whatever, but usually those fights can be resolved because usually if someone storms out. Or whatever you can text them or call them you can be like hey can we get a coffee like it's such a strange universe that like she can't really she can't really do that and she set herself up with this immense pressure where it's like if someone leaves they're like gone forever it was it was too much like my my brain my like emotional capacity went into overdrive like so many people want to be watched and it's not even like a pathology but like You get to see these moments, like Greg, who's very much like, "Get the fucking cameras away! I want to talk to you." And you can tell that you're not supposed to be there. And it was just like, "Yeah, I don't." Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah, I got what you're saying. We're the problem. I was like, "I'm sorry, Greg. I didn't mean to ruin this for you. I'm so sorry."
2: Um, did you want to touch on New York? Well, to finish out, you haven't
1: seen it, so we can.
2: But I want to hear what you your thoughts.
1: Um, well, New York just continues to be like a shit show, uh, just like the actual city of New York is <laughs> right now. It's like it's very confused. No one knows the vibes. Um, what this guy, uh, Toby Hazlitt on Twitter had like a really good tweet. He's really cool. And he was like, there are no such like shut the fuck up. There are no such things as vibes. It's just like history and who you are within it um so I think that like New York is definitely becoming more of a playground than it ever has been in a bad way like how Venice the show or the city the city the city like in the in the same way that like Venice or Rome in Italy or even like Paris or 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 like uh, Dubrovnik in Croatia how it's just like it has history but it's like history stopped or something and it just became like like a like a touristy destination with like fake real food like New York pizza used to just be like New York pizza but now it's like this is New York pizza you know and Mm -hmm. prices skyrocket. so I think that like the show of New York City reflects that because no one really knows what they're doing no one really knows who they're friends with who they're supposed to be friends with no one knows like it's yeah. just so tired and it goes on and on
2: and also it paints a pretty bleak portrait of new york in covid versus la in covid i gotta say the bev like
1: yes damn
2: sorry to my new york homies that looked hard <laughs>
1: well yeah and it's also just like in new york you know during the pandemic like everything closed obviously and then a lot of things like shut down for good but then like immediately like in its place new things immediately went up like even when i when i visited like i guess it was a a year so i'd been like away from home for like eight months and then i came back and like everything had closed. But like it was like, bam, like all these like now opening and it was just like tourist yeah. shops, you know, and like or like another McDonald's or like not even McDonald's. It was like a yeah. mobile store, you know, like things that have been so ready to just I mean, that uh, was the to most just grow. disturbing was... part about COVID for sure. Yeah, things are just like ready. To, yeah, to come up but disturbing.
2: Um. Yeah, I haven't seen the newest episode, but New York has been. Pretty not fun to watch this season. Like I'm I'm for the first time ever in my life, I'm not like all in on New York. It's like I don't it just it's not good. This there something's wrong this season. It's just not, you know, I heard podcasts say that there's not enough cast members. Maybe that's it. There's not enough plot line it's just not Beverly Hills has the same kind of feeling. I mean, maybe I'm curious to see if the of COVID, COVID seasons ending will help these shows, but like they're, they're both
1: taking a real blah turn. You want to see them in the world. And that's and like, pairs, that's like the, the, the threes, best thing, even and even in the... the reunions and Faye, right, You wanna whatever, see the Faye extras. Resnick, you know, like you want to, and you want to see their huge, elaborate, crazy parties. Yes. You don't want to see them just like getting together and like, I guess we'll get drunk again. I guess right. like we'll do this again. Cause that's like, you don't want that. Like no one, you don't want to just right. have, well, like four friends. Yeah, life, exactly. Like what, what you like, were saying like, about like, what know, we're like, they
2: usually about? Like, I think what I always loved was like all the interpersonal strife. But when it's just five people hanging out together, the interpersonal strife, just like festers and then gets resolved and then gets repeated and it's like not interesting like there's no like Ramona going on like like to me New York was always the most interpersonally fascinating because there was always these very specific factions Mm -hmm. and like lots of different very subtle and also not so subtle like dynamics between these women that I always was fascinated by but yeah I think that something about this season is lacking that like
1: and I think that that's one of the reasons that ebony is like an annoying person on the show because she's just like very together so <laughs> and level-headed and like she knows how to be mature she doesn't let them and she like the
2: producers she play her stuff it's like-
1: she's she's smart she's like very smart she's in control of her feelings like you know she gets news that like the she's not actually oh, she related to the girl yeah but you know she's like i'm really sad wow because that she's like i am sad because of this <laughs> what I wanted (laughs) to see was her being like yeah I wanted like a complete meltdown I wanted her like throwing shit I wanted her like then like punching Sonia you know like I just wanted I want people to flip out like if I wanted to like witness like a normal life or normal responses I just like wouldn't watch reality tv I would just like live my own weird life where I tend to resolve things and if I don't I don't like, I don't want to watch a people. smart
2: well-adjusted person on reality tv I just don't
1: <laughs> like, no I really don't you want to and you need to have like some kookiness about you like even like someone like Kathy Hilton's
2: uh, a freak
1: free that's the thing right exactly like you just like what even crystals kind of like why do they something's she's a little cool. <laughs> she is a little because she's you know she's 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 a housewife I think that ebony is someone who like has a career and like you know she's like she has a job and like crystal is like weird she and which is why i love crystal even garcelle's fucking weird
2: do you think that's a symptom of our time do you think this is a newer thing do you think people are like more like i want to speak my yeah. truth and be real i mean it seems like an obvious take but i think it uh, is.
1: i mean yeah i think that it's like i don't want to sound like a old person um at the ripe age of 25 <laughs> years old but like I think that with social media and with like this uh, um, I, I, and, and, tick, and the TikTok. No, but I think that like uh, social media necessitates a constant vi- seeing. Like you're always be. it's like it's like the, it's like a panopticon. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like even if you're not directly being looked at, you still get the sense that people are looking at you people really care. For better or worse, yeah. what others think oh, yeah. about them, I definitely really care what others. I'm trying not to care as much what other people think about sure. me, like people I don't Constant know. But like I think battle. that especially, yeah, I mean, and you even see it, like what what are people saying, like I, tweets resurfaced about from like Andrew S. Yeah, and Justin yeah. about like when them the they tweets. were like
2: misogynist with f- fourteen year olds,
1: right? Exactly, and it's just like I didn't read the either i don't really care i mean like i get that like um like it's there's definitely a line like in a vanderpump rules uh the two new guys i guess one is half black but white passing i don't know that was complicated but the other one is like fully white they both just like say the n-word a lot on their twitters (laughs) like one of them literally tweeted like the like the n-word like writing it is my favorite word -word, n-word 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 and it's like it's like that's,
2: are you? Do, you, do that's, you have two brain cells?
1: <laughs> and it was like it was only like two or three years ago, and it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's that kills. Me. I know it's yeah. No, it was just like guys. That's so. Of course,
2: Vanderpump Rules horrible. are the most disturbed people on the planet. That's Anybody who's horrible. cast on that show is insane. That that's who's giving us TV. That's who's. I want to see the new season. When does it premiere?
1: I don't know. But my partner Chris, they think that um, they think that Lisa has like a Nazi ties oh. because I think that her like big rich German family was like in like Austria or someone like during the Holocaust. There's some- like, there's, like something music. where they are like this <laughs> big. Yeah, literally. But like they were like pro-Nazi. I mean, like, I don't think they were helping out the Jews. We should
2: have Chris on for a true non-style uncovering. Time time comes for you, man. That's like I
1: know. That is what
2: you can always count on. That's repetitive is time always circles back and it all you always are like it's always jarring thanks for listening um stay tuned because we have some very exciting guests coming up uh they should be really fun conversations i'm really excited about it watch bachelor finale because we're gonna we might have to have our bachelor panel back on yeah to discuss
1: yeah yeah I think we're, we're going to need to. I think we have that, to. That show, that show necessitates like incessant unpacking. And a
2: pa- you need a panel. You need a team of brilliant minds.
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't cut it's it. It's not for the feeble-minded. You and I. We, got, we got to get
2: our good sibling <laughs> duo back on.
1: That's what my friends in high school used to call me. They used to call me feeble.
2: That's rude, but
1: funny. It was really rude.
2: Um, was all right. Well, Peace. Have a lovely Chicago evening. Thank you. XOXO you're my number one as
1: Katie would say. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. I I I love looking at you, Gemma. <laughs> well, I done that note. I just love I love looking love at looking you. Love looking at you, bitch. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs>
0: buy your class money can't buy your class elegance is learned my friends elegance is learned oh yeah
3: to hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far money talks but I just walk when I can't stand it and the primary mistake texting on a date if you make a lady wait she'll take a pass the lesson all should learn even if there's cash to burn respect yourself because no one else can change your path
0: money cap
3: men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't. Elegance and flair and savoir-faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. (laughs) Ha ha. It's not about where you're from. It's about what you've learned. Money